hey, for those of you from my regular Cheese and Eggs crowd, this is something a little bit different because it's for a class, but still an episode that I think Cheese and Eggs enjoyers would get a lot out of. It's an interview with someone that has a lot to say about the South, but from a completely different perspective, in that she's a white woman from Texas and I'm a black man from Georgia. She definitely highlights some things that I would not have and verbalizes thoughts that I've had for a long time, but can never quite communicate as effectively as I would have liked. Originally, I was planning to chop this up like 85 different ways and weave it into like this cool and complex and cohesive story. But as I started to do that, I realized that anything I inserted just took away from her amazing responses to my questions. Um, sometimes less is more, and this is definitely one of those times. But I would like you all to think about a couple of things while you're listening. What, but really who, makes some place home to you? What are some things that you love about home? This can be city, state, country, any place that you call home. And just kind of like consider those and think critically about them as you listen. And without further ado, uh, this is the interview. So, <laughs> I forgot I was going to, how was I going to start this? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, usually on my podcast, I would start with, hello, welcome to episode whatever of the Cheese and X podcast. But this isn't that. So we're going to start with, who are you? Yeah, I can introduce myself. My name is Danielle Catrola. I'm a first year PhD student in philosophy here at UGA. Mm-hmm. I'm brand new to the state of Georgia. Okay, okay. How you liking Georgia so far? It's good. Um, being from Texas, there's definitely a lot of familiarity in terms of being in the South, but this mm-hmm. there's definitely a different flavor of the South in, in Georgia and similar states, so it's been fun to get to see that. And you're from Texas, like born and raised in Texas, or did you move around a bunch? I lived most of my life in Texas. I lived there um, from the time I was born until I was 21, 22. So like over two decades of living in Texas. I grew up in the heart of Texas, in the heart of central Texas, and then also spent some time up in the DFW area. Um, What is DFW? Dallas-Fort Worth, the Ah. greater DFW metroplex, which is constantly expanding, it seems. so kind of subsumed in that whole area. The boundaries get sort of blurred, but um, more on the Fort Worth side than on the Dallas side, which is an important distinction. Why is that? Uh, I think of, I think, I don't know that any, everyone would share this opinion, but okay. the Fort Worth side, you think of like the stockyards and the rodeo, like mm. that side of it, whereas I think Dallas now especially connotes a lot more like technological urban center, which mm. like Fort Worth is still a big city, but it's still definitely got that like stockyards, rodeo, cattle raising kind of vibe and the suburbs out there are a lot more spread out mm-hmm. there's a lot more green space out that way versus if you head in east toward dallas it's it's a lot more like concrete jungle kind of vibes concrete jungle origins are made of yeah interesting exactly trying to be in new york dallas <laughs> is just trying really poorly <laughs> to be new york no that's not true but it's definitely got a lot more of like the forward-looking big tech center kind of mm-hmm. feel now um than the Fort Worth side, in my opinion. But. Fair. Do you like? Do you consider yourself a Southerner, like through and through? Yeah, I think definitely, especially where I was raised. I was raised in a really small town mm-hmm. um, in Texas, um, Temple, right along the I thirty five corridor, um, <laughs> where there's not much else happening around. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the like stereotypical how time is spent in childhood in the South really applied to growing up and that there wasn't much to do. And so you make your own fun, you know, Mm -hmm. driving back roads and um, the skating rink was the biggest teen attraction in my, in my hometown. So I spent a lot of time there, mean rollerblader. 
Um, Are you now? Yeah. Yeah. Skating backwards the whole nine. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Um, But growing up there, it really kind of created what I think of when I think of growing up in the South. My dad's family um, was farming for the majority up until my dad and and his family kind of took separate paths, but um, raised out in the country, everyone knows each other's business, that sort of thing. So that sort of small town southern intersection is really important to what I consider kind of my background in growing up in the South. Mm. So you think that growing up on the closer to the Fort Worth side makes you, do you think that makes you more of a Southerner than someone that's on, from the Dallas side? Oh, I so. won't claim, I, so I didn't grow up super close to the DFW area. Okay. I grew up, um, the town where I was born and spent up until I went off to college at 18 um, was about an hour north of Austin. Mm-hmm. And so there was really nothing around there. It was It's really just like small towns. Um, Waco, where Baylor University is, which is oh, some people will know of, um, was really the biggest city nearby. Um, but Temple was really kind of off in its own yeah. in terms of being isolated. So I won't, I won't speak to the politics of growing up in the DFW <laughs> area because I really haven't spent a whole lot of time there compared to like this kind of small town that I grew up in properly, like childhood and teen years. Hmm. Um, so I won't, I won't speak to the like San Antonio, Houston, Austin, DFW major city vibes because those were all like weekend trips and things like that. Yeah. Um, now it's a little bit different. I have one parent who lives in San Antonio, which is another big city with its own very distinct identity and culture. And my dad's up um, near DFW. So it's funny to visit now, but mm-hmm. I grew up very much in the middle of all that where we were always adjacent to it, but not really in it, which was interesting. So what do you think makes you a Southern? You seem to, like, attach that label a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is a sort of pride in place. Um, I recently spent a few years in Virginia, which is, again, a very different type of South. Um, not to go off on the heart of the Confederacy <laughs> kind of uh, conversation that is associated with Richmond. But that's, I mean, like, even being there, it was this kind of, Again, I think in terms of what I've experienced so far in being in Georgia and recognizing that it's similar yet distinct. And so I think there is something in those identities that is shared that is being a part of the South. I don't know that I can exactly put my finger on what is shared. And I think you get those sorts of discrepancies when people argue about what counts as a South. I saw a map that didn't count Texas as part of the South a few months ago. And it really made me mad, which, Mm -hmm. again, I think... Not that I could formulate exactly why, um, but what exactly counts as the South is going to vary so much, even just on a person-to-person level. Um, but I think a part of it is a pride in place, um, even if it... I mean, it gets difficult because I, I think I was reading about um, any sort of policy about fixing America can't include leaving Southerners behind. And I think, like, I, I get asked a lot, you know, being in, PA, being in my PhD and, and being in grad school, this question of, like, where do you want to end up? Which, of course, the first answer is wherever there's a job. Yep. Being in philosophy and wanting to go into academia. Feel that. But the, like, the real true question to that is I want to end up back in Texas. A, because it's a place that I love in terms of the landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, my area of interest in terms of research is environmental philosophy and aesthetics and environmental aesthetics when I'm feeling fancy. <laughs> um, and so there is really something about the Texas landscape, like the big horizon, 
all of that that I, I do really have like a deep emotional connection to and love. But I think another part of it is that as people, as someone who has left the South and like pursued this education, I also have a responsibility to care about that place and to bring back like educated and thoughtful ideas to it in order to like, you know, feel like there is something hopeful in the future for it. Um, there are so many people doing really important work in Texas and to act like, you know, any place in the South is a lost cause because of certain agendas, I think is unfair to those landscapes. Um, and so it, it's something that I think that to be Southern means taking pride in what a place is and the good qualities of it and also what that place can be and can become. Hmm. Um, so, you, so you mentioned a lot about the people thinking the South is a lost cause. Do you think that you're someone who's like very defensive of the South? I mean, I think to some extent, yes. I think that it's a really careful matter and that you have to acknowledge that there are people and ideologies in the South that are perpetuating harm mm-hmm. and that are doing difficult, they're like taking up claims that you obviously don't want to be associated with. Um, but to act like either side of the coin is representative of it all, I think is is a really reductionist way of thinking about it that is on the one hand dismissive and at its worst, like really harmful. Um, and so I think there is something in that you, you have to defend against any sort of reductionist principle, I think, mm-hmm. in that way. And that you, like, and in any place, I think this applies to things beyond the South too, like, um, you can't I'm, my regional knowledge of other regions is so poor but you can't reduce any area to one ideology mm-hmm. um and i think this is seen a lot in discourse about like appalachia mm-hmm. um even the even the new englanders which i i will keep my <laughs> grudges about in um damn yankees yeah right <laughs> <laughs> but like any place like that to reduce <clears throat> any area on the basis of intellect or politics, I think that it's a sort of way of kind of pushing off a responsibility to know a place and to know its people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that sort of defensiveness that comes up, and I mean, I saw this joke a long time ago on, on Twitter that like Texas is the Kanye West of the of the U.S. I've never heard this. Yeah, That's wild. But it, and it is kind of true. Like, I think Texas pride is its own very distinct thing. Um, I think a part of it does come from being the only state to have been a country at one point. Hmm. Just saying. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it applies to a lot of other places as well And that you, there is something strange and interesting in the sort of regional makeup of the country that one has to associate because you're not just being defensive of a place right you're being defensive Mm -hmm. of the people that you grew up learning to love um and that i think complicates it a whole bunch because people are complicated and we love them in different ways and there there comes a point where you have to draw the line i think between i mean it's like family i guess like Mm -hmm. you can't always love unconditionally but there's a there's a real love that's associated with pushing back against beliefs that we find wrong i think yes like to push back against beliefs in a way that isn't attacking the like necessarily the character of someone like pushing back against someone because you think that they're holding a belief that's harmful or wrong i think is at its core an act of love 
another way of showing love is helping people grow. Yeah. And sometimes that is uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's something that, you know, I, my dad's side of the family holds a very certain political flavor, perhaps <laughs> okay. we shall say. Um, and it is uncomfortable. And it is, you know, I'm not going to say that 100% of those <clears throat> conversations end in, like, thoughtful and, like, forward-thinking ways, but some of them no. do. Yeah. And, you know... I've seen this a lot. My dad and I are super close, and I've seen the way, like, his political beliefs and ideologies have shifted over the last five to ten years Mm -hmm. as an adult now. Um, And it's just, like, it's one of those things that's, like, you're not asking someone always to change the fundamental character of who they are, but you're asking them to be open to thinking um, in a more critical and considerate and open-minded way. And those sorts of conversations, I think, are the ones that are important to have and that I think we're seeing a lot of places in the South start to have with Georgia flipping blue in the last mm-hmm. presidential election, mm-hmm. right? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> or even now, like Beto in Texas, who's really, who gave Abbott a run for his money in the last governor race and is now, I think, challenging Cruz for his seat. Um, you're seeing a lot more mobilization of not only young people, but, mm-hmm. you know, other contingents or other age demographics as well. Um, and so to think of anything as a lost cause, I don't know. I think that necessitates being defensive to a certain extent. Interesting. So how do you think that, you mentioned, you know, a lot of progressive ideologies that exist Mm -hmm. within the South. How do you think your existence as a cis woman in the South has affected your views on that? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, I mean, one is, you know, despite being someone who inhabits a lot of positions of privilege in Mm. general um my family well definitely not you know upper upper classes pretty comfortably upper middle and as being you know a white woman especially Mm. um i'm still very willing to acknowledge that i really haven't experienced hardship in a way that a lot of people in the south a lot of the ways that you know more marginalized communities have experienced like the southern landscape but I will say that like it's also there was definitely pushback like when I said and this was also just because of the way that people view I think the sort of humanities liberal education in the Mm -hmm. south too like I've experienced not exactly like this is wrong for you to do but it's stupid or it's pointless or why are you pursuing this sort of endeavor being someone with a background in the humanities specifically in English and philosophy um, the sort of pointlessness of that endeavor this idea that a woman's place is not really in the academic sphere still mm-hmm. um, it's never like the sort of intentional and like explicit pushback that you might think of of like oh you're a woman, you can't do that sort of thing. But it's it's a lot less explicit, and it's a lot more in sort of the passive-aggressive way, which I think is also sometimes thought of as like a, like the Southern, sort of Southern Belle sort of passive-aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and it's frustrating. I mean, it's, it's, it's having to be persistent in that sort of way and to know that even coming from that place, you can leave a place to do better things and still care about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And like coming back to it, as I mentioned at the beginning, can take a lot of different forms, whether it's physically or not. Like in my case, it's somewhere that I want to go back to physically, but um, 
I think coming back to it is important, especially, you know, with the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the, the very precarious position of women in the South and Texas specifically in that, right, that, you know, we, there's no way to give up the fight now, I think. Um, I think you kind of already answered this last question uh, in a lot of ways, but I'll end with this. How do you think growing up in the, in the South kind of shaped your worldview? Mm. How you view problems and issues? Ooh. I like this question. I like this question because I think that as someone who wants to give a lot of generosity to Texas, I think that there is a sort of, at its core, a kindness that a kindness and an openness to place that I always found like really central to where I was, despite being in a small area, there was always a sort of looking out. And I want to very cheesily use that metaphor of like the big open horizon that I think is like really Texas at its <laughs> core. Um, but that sort of ability to look out, there's, I mean, there is really something to that sort of Southern friendliness, mm-hmm. I think at its core. and you know, the the want to acknowledge other people in a friendly way from the outset is something that I feel like I really inherited from place. Like the sort of, um, like saying hello to every stranger you pass on the street, which didn't go over well in Richmond. But <laughs> um, a lot of people who give you looks, not like me, and they're just like, what are you doing this for? Which is, again, one of those ways that being in the South differs because it's still the South, but they're not this the friend, like the overtly outwardly friendly in the same way I think that there is a sort of inclination toward that that I think shaped the way that I approach others especially people I don't know Mm. um and I think that that's something that I feel really proud to have carried with me that sort of there's a real tension there right between the sort of close-minded ideologies we often associate with the south and this idea of friendliness and I think that, you know, that what makes that happen in one case versus the other can't be boiled down to place specifically. There are obviously a lot of other factors that come into play there. Um, but that's one of the big things I associate with growing up in the South is a sort of, like, friendliness toward, toward the stranger, um, even if it never goes past, like, anything further than, like, a hello on the street or something like that. All right. Thank you so much for doing this yeah of course this was great thank you all for listening i know that was a bit of a departure from normal as i said before um but if you did listen i hope you got a lot out of it as much as i did there's a lot of really good stuff said in there um thank you so much to danielle for taking the time to give me those very thoughtful responses and quite frankly going above and beyond anything i could have expected of you um and for my cheese and eggs listeners we will be returning um, I'm about to graduate soon, so I'll have a lot more free time uh, after in about a month. So they'll be coming back. I have some old episodes that I need to edit and put out. I have some other other people I want to talk to, um, including Danielle again probably at some point. Um, but yeah, as always, you can contact me uh through email at cheese the letter in eggs pod at gmail.com that's cheese letter in eggs pod at gmail.com and also on my twitter uh, at stg black too and thank you for listening and if you're still listening cheese next after all this time my weird two-year hiatus thanks for sticking around oh and one more thing 
uh, I've got a blog. Uh, yeah, kind of random, but I did it for this class, and I kind of wanted to stick around afterwards. I got a, really, a lot of really cool shit to say, I think, and y'all should read it. Not all of it's good. A lot of it's me, like, figuring things out, but I think it's still worth, I think the ideas are there, and I think, you know, someone should read it.